The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. The following is a presentation of the Speed Sport Podcast Network. Kyle Busch won the season opener at Talladega. DeGroote was second. He's the reigning champion. It's the iRacers Download, where reality meets the virtual world of auto racing. Cardwell hoping it stays green. He nearly spins it around. Who's it going to be, Cardwell, Berkeley, or someone else? iRacing's executive director, Dale Earnhardt Jr. I think that NASCAR is starting to see the value and the opportunities that can present themselves working with iRacing. From the Speed Sport Podcast Studios, powered by My Race Pass, here are your hosts, Justin Prince and Taylor Burris. Welcome to this week's edition of the iRacers Download, Speed Sport Podcast Studio, powered by My Race Pass. I'm Justin Prince, along with me once more, Taylor Burris, with Richard Colbreth producing as a week continues on when it comes to a busy time in iRacing. A brand new iRacing season is underway, 2024 Season 1. And with it, plenty to talk about what's expected to be another busy week and a busy rest of the year, you could say, Taylor, when it comes to the iRacing service. It really is a lot of great things happen here in this brand new update. We're going to go ahead and touch on some of the key special things that came out of this update. Plus also talk about some of the special events that have happened is in the past couple of weeks in the world of iRacing. But Justin, we have also a very special guest joining us here on the download. He is NASCAR Xfinity Series driver, as well as the winner of the NASCAR International Invitational Series at the LA Coliseum. Anthony Alfredo joins us here on the download. Yes, indeed. Lots to hear about when it comes to Alfredo again this year. That event shuffling over to an invite system rather than the full series campaign we've seen in past seasons where it was the Coliseum along with Brands Hatch. We'll talk about that a little bit more so later on in the show today. But first things first, let's touch upon the new build because the first week of the iRacing season is underway, and that brings plenty of changes and lots to talk about. And we're not just talking about the cars or the tracks because that was more so the undercard of the build. The oval refresh is the big talking point, Taylor. It really is. A lot of people were excited about this because it means new racing lines for the drivers. And it puts a lot of different aspects of how this oval refreshes. Of course, this is just the first phase to make improvements on this style of racing. And in turn, that's to be expected when it comes to the involving of the oval sign. We've seen the road refresh come to mind. And it's going to be something that's going to be a progress process, to say the very least. Because for drivers already, depending on the circuit, there is a difference. Drivers at, drivers like at Michigan, International Speedway for the trucks. Or going to a track like, say, Kentucky, they've been able to get multiple lines working. Especially, it seems, in 3 and 4 so far. Trying to find ways to search where the grip is, but also to search where those Hotter temperatures may be on the circuit. Can they cool the tires? That's already been a talking point already. Obviously, that's with the B7 model, but obviously the first step 
is showing progress of what's to be intended in the next year or two. It really is. So we're going to be excited to see how this will play out heading into the new season, especially when it comes to both the NASCAR iRacing Series official series, as well as also the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series and the eNASCAR Qualifying Series, part of the Road to Pro ladder. So a lot of things we're going to be looking forward to seeing how this will play out with setup building, adjustments. I did a little bit of racing actually the previous night to test out a couple of things. and. I'm still learning it, but there is some glimmer. Like there was a couple of times where instead of running the bottom line, where you see a lot of drivers stick to the bottom at Texas Motor Speedway, you could actually go up a little bit to that middle groove and start running some decent lines. So we'll see it more so, I think, when we go to other more regular tracks, especially some of the big tracks we have to talk about is tracks like Kansas, where it's mandatory to run up against the outside wall almost because that's the fastest light way around. That's going to be a major test, I think, throughout the entire first season and as more changes come into play as well. Because one of the main things was talking about with some drivers actually in the past week or so, there's good signs being showed by the multi-groove racing being back. But it's still the old tire model that depends on the bottom, essentially. That's going to be a major thought process in the future. Keep in mind, the new damage model also came into play for several cars, such as the NASCAR stock cars adding seven of them, in fact, with the damage model, including the NASCAR trucks. You also throw in all the pro trucks. You throw in dirt modifieds now with the damage model on. You throw in the Porsche 911 Cup cars with the new damage model and several more. Three curbs and foliage added to several circuits, as well as graphic refreshes for circuits like Okayama and a couple others. But more importantly so, new circuits. We touched upon it being the undercard. But there's still big circuits to get. Magello and Slingner Speedway, you're talking about two circuits that were big holes on the Gone Racing platform. Slinger Speedway, which is a major short track racing circuit out there in the Midwest. It's a staple when it comes to some of the biggest super late model events, as well as also a good partner of a new car that's coming sometime in 2024, the SRX car, which is a big track that these drivers head off to. And of course, Mugello, you know, is a the home of Ferrari, if you think about it. That's where they hold the Ferrari World Finals for the Ferrari Challenge Series across the world. So it's a great circuit. I haven't had the chance to try them out yet or get them yet, but hopefully soon I will get to try them out because they're both phenomenal circuits. And, of course, the figure eight circuit at Slinger, everyone's having a good time with, whether it be with AI or hosted events. <laughs> it's, it's going nuts. Those two circuits in particular are going to be exciting to see about when it comes to the new building, of course. That's with the multiple different tweaks and whatnot that are still being phased out as the year progresses. Of course, there is the one minus, no rain. That has been rumored to be potentially to the next build time because of the need to refine. It really is, and that's the important thing, is iRacing is taking their time. They don't want to rush this project out to where it comes out, and then they got a whole bunch of bugs to fix. So I respect iRacing for doing that, and we'll see how this will play out. One more other thing that was released, of course, is the Audi R8 LMS Evo 2 GT3 car. So just in looking over everything, the only basically GT3 car that need to be added on is an updated McLaren, which we've had that McLaren since 
since the beginning of GT3 racing on iRacing. And then I have a feeling we could see something such as the Lexus, Chevy Corvette, and Ford Mustang GT3 cars in order to, in a sense, complete the IMSA lineup. Those are all going to be interesting to keep an eye on for the future because of the need to keep up with modern time. And already, that's going to be the talking point potential for the next build. It's funny how we're already talking about the next build and the new build just came out. It's funny how that all works. It, I, it is. But you know what also comes out around this time? The iRacing special event calendar. That's a big talking point for next year because there are a couple new events. With the return of the Brickyard 400, guess what returns to the official calendar? The full Brickyard 400 160 laps at Indianapolis Motor Speedway on the iRacing service. You also have the Indy 6 Hour in early September. Here's the big one, though. As you may know, just in the past few weeks was the 24 Hours of Moon Car, where Moonhead organized a charity race once again for Toys for Tots, and some of the biggest names in all of motorsports took part in 24 Hours of Racing around the paperclip. Well, with the testing taking place for the global MX-5 Cup cars, after the success of the Moon Car events, guess what's now a special event? The Martinsville MX 500, where 500 laps will be seen for the MX 5s, just like the real world tests, where they were testing to see can they actually do this for the real life. Yeah, this is going to be kind of exciting to see here, and we're looking forward to seeing how this will play out. Uh, a couple of other notable returning favorites. Uh, of course, your big three at Daytona, the Roar, the 24, and the Daytona 500. Also, the Road America 500 returning with the IMSA Classic Series cars now called the Nissan GTP and the Audi GTO. And then, of course, a couple of other notables, the Multiple Sclerosis Charity Event. It has not yet announced the track or car combinations, but I have a feeling it will be something exciting that will be a great combination of cars and track that we will see happening here on the iRacing platform. And then, of course, the uh, Formula Ford Festival at Brands Hatch, Fuji, SCCA runoffs, the Winter Derby once again returns, and the Chili Bowl will wrap up the season in December as course with the Dirt Midgets. So a lot of the favorites continuing on the platform. I want to loop back to the MX-500, though, because there's already been movements of people wanting to be called the Moonhead 500 because, well... Travis Brown's done a lot of work with those MX-5s at Martinsville with how they've been able to race. But in turn, that's just bringing some of that excitement from virtual to reality. In turn, it's created a lot of hype for getting the MX-5 cars into a lot of different tracks that you wouldn't think about unless you tried it on iRacing. Mm-hmm. It certainly is the case, so... I mean, it's a great opportunity that we will see happen, and I have to say, this is going to be an exciting and chaotic race. I hope they had a bunch of fast repairs, because if we saw anything like it was in the Moon Car 24, <laughs> it was nothing but chaotic. Yes, the winner of that race, by the way, the winning team, won by a lap. Third place got wrecked with five minutes to go, which was fun for that respective side, to say the very least. On editor notes... Let's touch upon the iRacing World of Outlaws Rustmaster Sprint Car Series. 
which reached the halfway point by going to Federated Auto Parts Raceway at I-55. It's the second consecutive win for the Pennsylvania driver, Kenny Miller. He picked up his second career victory after getting it done, going 33 green flag laps, 35 total laps run. Keep in mind, that factors out the caution restart lap, where there were two of them at I-55. Miller picked up the win by four-tenths over Hayden Carwell, Noah Carpenter, Blake Majulis, J.D. Brown, the top five. And with that, Kenny Miller is still, mind you, outside the top ten in points. Ryan Avila is the points leader over Aiden Forster. A big change in complexions because that Bergeron missed feature from a few weeks ago. Bergeron, the multiple-time champion, is just about one full race back already with 233 points. That's a big change to the complexion of the front runners over the past few years. Yeah, this is kind of exciting to see how this will play out as we cross over that halfway point of the championship. We'll look forward to seeing who comes out on top at the next round. I believe they have one more round before they go into the Christmas break. So yes. we'll keep track of that here. And then, of course, also coming up is the final round of the IMSA Esports Championship at Daytona. So make sure to catch all the action on iRacing streaming platforms. But when we come back, we're going to sit down and talk to your winner of the NASCAR Invitational Series at the LA Coliseum, Anthony Alfredo, next on The Download. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome back to the iRacers download from the SpeedSport Podcast Studio, powered by My Race Pass. Taylor Burris here as we are here with our very special guest for the week. He is your 2023 eNASCAR Invitational Race winner at the LA Coliseum. Anthony Alfredo joins us here on the download. Anthony, first and foremost, it's great to have you on here. And I got to say, this race that we had both at the LA Coliseum and at Brands Hatch with the NASCAR Xfinity cars was quite an exciting event, I have to say. Oh, yeah, I had a ton of fun. I really enjoyed the experience of racing drivers from NASCAR series around the globe. Uh, a lot of them I've never raced with, um, not just in real life, but even on the Sims. So it was super competitive and um, we just had a really great showing. Obviously, as you mentioned, we won the L.A. Coliseum race, and then we finished second at Brands Hatch. I think we were three laps shy of winning that one. We just fell off a little bit too hard at the end um, compared to to some of the competition. Still hung on for podium, but either way, it was enough to clinch the eNASCAR International Championship, which was super cool. Um, I definitely hope to have a shot at it, but uh, I knew I could win the Coliseum just being an oval racer, but... I had no experience with Brands Hatch going into it. I tried to get a little bit of practice on my SimSeeds driving simulator ahead of time, but it was definitely a, a really tricky track for how short it was. It, it was deceiving. It seemed very simple. And um, I think both events put on a, a great show for the people watching and definitely us drivers behind the wheel. But we were able to park the Logitech G Chevrolet Camaro in virtual victory lane 
um, and, and get a championship with the number five. So that was pretty cool because I'll be driving it in real life this year in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. And I feel like we definitely got off on the right foot, have some good momentum to, to head to Daytona with. I mean, you really did. I mean, it was exciting to watch from start to finish, watching from behind the scenes of this event, Anthony. And, you know, like you said, a lot of names from around the globe. We had drivers from, of course, the NASCAR Cup Series, the NASCAR Xfinity, NASCAR Trucks, but also the NASCAR Canada, Mexico, Brazil, and the NASCAR Euro Series. What was the camaraderie like about having this global NASCAR family get together in a sense? It was really cool, honestly. I think it was great for the sport and great for eNASCAR, iRacing, sim racing in general. Obviously, for me, just to have the opportunity to race against those guys, I enjoyed it. But I think it was really cool for the fans to see everybody compete against each other and, and split the disciplines up to where the, the Euro, Brazil, Mexico, and Pinty Series drivers all um, you know, could have a shot on the road course. I feel like that's where their expertise is. Obviously we have, we have a fair amount of road course races on our schedule now, but that's kind of their expertise or their niche. Whereas for us, it's mostly the oval stuff. So we had our opportunity at the Coliseum, which that's a bear in itself. It's, it's pretty unique still, but um, that was definitely a, an intense race. It was pretty chaotic just because how tight and narrow the track is, how short the laps are. Obviously, you know, for me being the leader, I was often finding myself navigate accidents or lap traffic and stuff very quickly um but then we moved over to brands hatch where a lot of these um drivers from across the pond or um you know up in canada were really really quick and it was hard to compete with them because it was a road course that we're not familiar with from most of us drivers in the states uh and it was a little bit less chaotic as far as on track incidents go but um, there was still a lot of people making mistakes, sliding off track. I mean, that was my biggest thing going into it was I knew if I could just stay on track and uh, minimize mistakes, I'd have a shot, especially with the invert after the sprint that put us starting up front. So um, it was it was very easy to overdrive that track. It was super deceiving. It felt like every time you went into the corner, you felt like you were under driving it. But that was actually perfect. If you drove into where you think you needed to, you completely missed the corner and you were going to go off track or spin out. So it was a, it was a challenge um, as far as technique goes. And then, like I said earlier, the, the Coliseum was um, to me a little bit less about technique and more about staying out of trouble and, and getting up front because track position is so big there. It really is. And of course, you know, we saw a lot of the big names, of course, Dale Earnhardt Jr., who not only is a, major player and of course nascar hall of famer but also an executive with iRacing, a team owner with iRacing. you yourself are partnered with one of the top teams in the e-nascar side of things parker kligerman also another driver who owns a team in the e-nascar side what was it like working and racing against those competitors it was it was fun obviously there's a lot of us that you know race in the real world i mean mo pretty much all of us do in some level or in some series of nascar but um, I will say that just about all of us also are spokespeople for eNASCAR, iRacing, and sim racing as a whole. So to kind of represent that, you know, esports and um, sim racing industry through our real world competition is really important for the growth of sim racing. You know, I come from a gaming and esports background. I was doing that long before I raced, and then obviously got into sim racing. 
uh, after I built my first computer at 12 years old and transitioned to real life racing. So I know it played a pivotal role in my career and there's more and more drivers kind of taking that path from sim to reality, uh, as I like to call it, uh, just because it, it's a legitimate thing. You can do it. It's a simulation. It's not a game, right? You don't hear about people playing Madden and going becoming a quarterback of a Super Bowl team. Whereas I was sim racing and five years later, I raced in the Daytona 500. That's insane to think about and puts it into perspective. So now that that's kind of a proven path and more people are taking it, um, it's still important for us drivers that um, have either went that route or even um, maybe didn't, but just, you know, know how realistic and important sim racing is to our community and our sport, motorsports in general. Uh, it's it's cool to see everyone come together and not only promote an event like this, but take part in it, whether it's for the sim racers around the world and the ENASC or Coca-Cola series or, um, you know, an event with real world drivers such as the Invitational. It really is. But Let's go a little bit into the future now. You had a big announcement earlier this this earlier this year where you are now going to be back in the NASCAR Xfinity Series once again, but with a new team with the number five R Motorsports. Uh, how confident are you feeling going into 2024? I'm definitely excited. You know, I'm not going to lie. The Xfinity Series is pretty stacked. It was in 2022, and we had four or five more good cars this year and there's even more competition next year so the series just keeps getting more and more competitive which is really awesome for the fans exciting for the teams and drivers and I feel like I'll have an opportunity to be more competitive this year than I have been in recent years just as far as equipment goes um, we got a great group of people we're assembling and um, to have the opportunity to, to you know have the resources to build a, a more competitive program and you know try to be uh, a top 15 team week in and week out actually isn't easy. It, it seems a lot easier than uh, some may think, but this day and age you have just about 20 cars that if they don't have lease motors, they have an alliance of some sort or are just straight up affiliated with a cup team like the RCRs, the Joe Gibbs Racing, Colleg Racing, and so on. So uh, between all those cup affiliated teams, alliance teams, and all the teams with lease motor programs or A-motor programs as we call them, there's 20 to 25 good cars right now, and it's it's really tough to be competitive. And our goal this year is to win a race and make the playoffs. So that's not an easy task, but I believe in the the people that we have, the resources um, that you know we are putting together. So um, it, it's all thanks to our amazing partners and everyone who helps us get to the track week in and week out. But more importantly, build this up because it's not going to happen overnight. But I have a lot of confidence and in the journey ahead of us and i'm looking forward to it uh, we are looking forward to you as well competing in the 2024 nascar xfinity series uh, a little bit of this low quiet time other than of course racing in the invitational any other exciting things in the esports world that you have going on in this off season before kicking things off at daytona a couple little things you know being tossed around obviously uh, a lot of people remember my esports racing league which is a legitimate official um, sim racing event host and league. I'd love to bring that back. I don't know so much in a in a league aspect, just because I've been so busy on and off the track for a lot of reasons. But um, some some big events planned for 2024 are my goals. I was hoping to do a couple this year, just didn't really get the timing right. But I'm working on sponsorship to put up some big money races and and events um, and a couple other things that I've been asked to take part in um, as far as planning for. Um, a couple other businesses and, and companies in the space that want to host their own events. So 
I'm definitely excited about that. I think we need more big events on the service, especially those with, with prize money, because it gives people an opportunity to not only show their talent, but race for something, you know, a, a legitimate prize um, without maybe necessarily being a world championship contender. So I'm excited about that. That'll be really cool. But um, no, we definitely got started on the right foot this past week. I feel like I hadn't run a race in a long time uh, and to go into an inter international invitational event and be a global champion was pretty cool. Just the win in the first race was a big deal to me. And then um, to kind of have a better performance than I maybe even expected in that second race at Brands Hatch, I was thrilled. So um, I appreciate the opportunity to take part in that from uh, eNASCAR and iRacing, as well as all their partners and my own sim racing sponsors. Um, and looking forward to, you know, being able to maybe be more in the in the booth, announcing some events, hosting some events, and, and competing wherever I can as well. Well, we look forward to that. And, of course, Anthony, before we let you go, uh, of course, you have a big following on your Twitch channel. Anywhere else can people go to follow and keep up to date with both your real racing and your sim racing? Definitely. If they just check out my social media, Anthony Alfredo Racing, they can see just about everything. Um, all my social media is at Anthony Alfredo. If it's not verified it's not me except for x or twitter whatever we're calling it nowadays because i'm not going to pay for that <laughs> but I agree. Uh, yep you'll see all my updates there uh and i'm looking forward to, to having some more real world and sim racing uh news soon for everybody well we look forward to it and of course thank you for your time that is nascar xfinity series driver and nascar international invitational winner anthony alfredo we look forward to seeing what he can do in 2024 coming up after the break we are going to cover news of the week you're listening to the iRacers download from the speedsport podcast studio powered by my race pass we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use indeed the better it gets and listeners of this show will get a 75 dollars sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com match just go to indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to the iRacers Download from the Speedsport Podcast Studio, powered by My Race Pass. Taylor Burris here along with Justin Prince and our producer Richard Colbreth as we just got done with, of course, our great friend Anthony Alfredo and Anthony put on a stellar drive during that event, I have to say, from one point to the other. He had a lot to try to hold off with Ryan Vargas as basically what we expected to see. The NASCAR Oval guys dominated pretty much on the Oval side, while some of the other international drivers took quite well with the Brands Hatch race as Jeff Giassi from NASCAR Brazil took home the win. Of course, Jeff Giassi and also a Porsche Esports Super Cup contender. Yes, indeed. A change of the format, as we touched upon earlier on in the show, mind you, where instead of it being the full season, it's now the invite format. It was the doubleheader, essentially. One on the oval, one on the road course. And it makes sense with the Coliseum because you have the series based out of Mexico also taking part in the Coliseum festivities in 2024. Brands Hatch, of course, a major staple when it comes to the European side of things. 
But when you're thinking about things with how that racing broke down, to say the very least, it's not a surprise to see some of the drivers like Alfredo and Ryan Vargas to do well. They did so, especially when it comes to the oval side. Not a surprise to see Gassi pick up the win at Brands Hatch either. But Alfredo kind of showcased he's amongst those who have that experience in real life racing. And even when you throw in drivers with a lot of sim racing experience like Carson Hosevar or you count even Dale Hunter Jr., he really shined to say the very least amongst some of the best of the best from the real world from the virtual side. It really was, and we'll have to see what the next eNASCAR International Invitational Series will be like. Of course, a lot of things still to come. I'm pretty sure we won't see something like this till maybe probably around the same time next year, unless they are able to pull something out during the middle of the championships for all these drivers. But for Anthony Alfredo, of course, with him, he just signed on with a new team with R Motorsports, another great team to keep an eye on for the 2024 NASCAR Xfinity Series. So we'll see what he can do. And it's also good to see executive of iRacing and owner of Junior Motorsports, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Racing, didn't have the best time, I have to say, though. He had a good run, made it to the finals of the LA Column scene, but ran into some trouble late in the going. I mean, they had a very busy time, to say the very least. Dale Jr. had, especially when apparently the team for Moon Car 24 had to get two drivers on the fly because one went hunting and the other went to PRI instead. So you carry that over to the special event for the invite. It's been a interesting time as of late, but I will get the shout again to Alfredo. Remember, he originally raced in the 23 car with our, our motorsports back in 2022 and did really well at tracks like California. He did fairly well at Michigan, for example, that comes to mind. It should be a good fit to bring him back into that organization, even with the new number. It really will be. So we'll see what happens here, and we'll keep an eye on all of the drivers who competed in the International Series in 2024. But, Justin, you know, we are. this is our last episode of the year going into the 2024 campaign. And, we're going to try something different that we had. I, we had the opportunity to talk about it the other day before we recorded this episode. And I wanted to give a little bit of some iRacing awards out to some very key points and events that happened. Uh, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about this. We first have to give out the Car of the Year award. So for those of you who are wondering, basically me and Justin are just going to select either a car or a group of cars that iRacing will release within the 2023 season campaign. So that means from season one of 2023 to season four of 2023. So unfortunately, that takes the Audi out of competition because it is part of the season 2024. So Justin, let's start with you. What do you think was the car of the year for you? That's a good question because it's, I've been thinking about that in terms of that. And part of what comes to mind is a lot of the additions in LMDH that comes to mind because remember, it was basically the one manufacturer before, but this year adding, especially with the Cadillac, I think was huge because you're talking about previously organizations when it came to even the MCE Esports Invitationals a few years ago, basically having to use the Delora LMP2 and pretend it's an out, a, an Acura or even any type of manufacturer, it brings that diversity. And in turn, it's brought a lot of excitement because even with drivers that might not have as much experience prototype racing, find the hybrid technology, especially an interesting facet to have to manage throughout the laps. 
It, it really is, and it's going to be. It was an exciting car. I have to agree with you on that. That the GTP class is definitely the group of cars of the year that were pretty exciting to add on. But I'll go a little bit different since you selected that group of cars. I'm going to have to go with the late model stock. Actually, it was a welcome addition, an update to a late model that we've had on the platform almost since the beginning of iRacing. So, and it us also with the partnership with the Cars Tour coming on board as well, it brought a new well-found boom, if you think about it, to the short track community when it comes to the late model stock, I would have to say. I can see the appeal on that because it was very much out of date to the point where well, I was chatting with this with some drivers from the real world and talking about the comparisons. You're talking about the previous technology in those said cars and previous dynamics were from an hour decade ago to where it's basically nothing like the real world counterpart. At the very least, having the virtual most up-to-date bodies, especially what we've seen with the modern changes at the Arrow especially, was kind of a necessity. It kind of was. Honorable mention I have to give to right quick is the Super Formula car. A lot of people are saying, hands down, one of the best open-wheel cars that iRacing has produced in a long time. And I got to say, I have to agree. It's basically the closest thing we can get to a Formula 2 car, and it's a lot of fun to drive. Haven't had the chance, I'll be honest, to be able to try that out yet. But again, I've heard some similar feedback to that so far. It is a car that definitely adds a different flair to the open-wheel side compared to the standard of racing, so to speak. It certainly has. Well, the next one is track of the year. And uh, it, I have to say this category was maybe not as well-versed, I would have to say, compared to the car of the year. But there still was a lot of great tracks that were released out through the 2023 year. And Justin, if you think of a track, go for it. If not, I mean, what do you think was maybe the track of the year for you? The track of the year, that's an interesting point because I think it has to be Fuji. I think it has to be Fuji because that was one of the big, big gaps from the Japanese market on the platform. And that's a track that runs very well. So that... That kind of is the closest to that, I'll have to argue, because outside of that, a lot of it was to the refresh side. A lot of it is, in terms of tracks, not too much the rotation. You could argue circuits and for it, but then again, that's basically a refresh to the configuration. And the tracks I would throw into the mix, too, are those that are just from 2024 Season 1, which aren't a part of the criterion have to agree with you on that. It was a great track, I have to say. Uh, the track for me, this is kind of a bit of a surprise, I think, for some, but I have to go with a track as Willow Springs. An old throwback type of track that, you know, it's not really raced on any of the top professional series here in the United States, but it's a track that's well-respected in the amateur racing category when it comes to series like the SCCA where a lot of people go and race at that track. And I got to say, it's a fun circuit, a lot of things different, and it's kind of one of those historic tracks in a way that is basically brought on to iRacing and for us to utilize. Now, granted, there is other historical tracks that will be coming on in the near future, such as part of the Australian and New Zealand circuits that are coming sometime within the next couple of years. But it's great to see that we have a 
very historic American racing road circuit that's added on. I think a lot of people don't realize the history of the circuit because Ford Ford versus Ferrari brought that partly to my mind because in terms of some of the background, it's been a track around since the 1950s, Royal Springs, mind you. And some people don't even recognize that even in the movie, they think it's a CGI set. I had to explain to some people when watching it, this is a real track. This is a track that they've raced at for decades. You're talking about some of the biggest names in motorsports used to come here because this is essentially one of the original circuits of road course racing from the early days of racing. It was a basically a test track for some in many cases. It's a track with a lot of history when you think about it, and it's not a surprise to see it in iRacing, and I think it kind of falls in the category maybe you can even throw into North Wilkesboro of giving people awareness to it compared to those who may not know it's a thing. After all, Bull Springs is a California point of historical interest for a reason. Yeah, I have to agree with that, and we look forward to seeing how this will play out. Uh, Next category we have to talk about is Event of the Year, and that could be any event, whether it be official, hosted, or league event. And I have to say, can't go wrong with this event, the Moon Car 24. I have to say, it's the most craziest, wackiest style of event, and it brought in a lot of big names from across the racing industry, both esports and professional racing i was about to bring that up as well as my choice like minds think alike to say exactly the uh, they raised by the way for marine toys for tots foundation just check the number because it was about to bring that up as part of my case for it nine thousand one hundred and ninety four dollars and sixty nine cents for charity that is a huge huge amount of funding to say the very least dale earnhardt jr himself mind you donated at least five hundred dollars You're talking about a charity event trying to raise lots of money for children. In turn, about $13,000, $14,000 combined is not bad to say the very least for the children. No, it certainly is not, and we both agree on that one. So we'll go ahead and move on to this category, Team of the Year. Uh, For me, Justin, I have to give it to Williams Esports. I mean, they won some of, if not most, of the big endurance championship races that we've had in this season, such as events like Daytona 24, Watkins Glen 6-Hour, the Fuji. I mean, you name it, Williams Esports showcased the speed and talent they have. I know people could probably think, what about Team Red Light? Yes, but Williams Esports picked up for a lot of things that Red Bull did not. I can see the appeal absolutely because of the speed in the special events. I bring a different thought process to that because the other team that competed a lot with them in the past year, especially, Urano Esports, you can also throw in the mix. Yes, in the past few months especially, things have started to splinter from the Urano side from what a lot of the driver movement has showcased. But it's their best year ever as an organization, you can argue, for Urano Esports this past season. They were in contention for just about every other race you were talking about, going for a lot of those various victories, in fact, and picked up a couple wins themselves in some of these special events, and a lot especially in the league scene. Urano was one of the top teams after having a lot of bad luck for three, four years straight before this year. 
Yeah, it, it certainly was. And they put on a lot of great performances throughout this year. We'll look forward to seeing what they can do in 2024. And this finally brings us to our final category, Driver of the Year. Uh, for me, I, it, it may be a weird one, but I'm going to have to go with our eNASCAR champion, Stephen Wilson. Kind of a redemption story. Last year, dominated most of the season, but did not win the championship. This year, kind of took a different approach. Took a little bit more of a quiet entrance into it and ended up winning the championship. So I, I have to give it to Stephen Wilson and Stuart Haas Esports. I can see the appeal one again when it comes to Stephen Wilson because not only you're talking about a co-champion one driver with experience when it comes to World of Outlaws can be very dominant on the road course to say the very least in the stock car especially when it comes to the past couple of years it's been that type of a time when it comes to Stephen Wilson and if, I think it was the question of if not when when it comes to Steve or rather when not if when it comes to Stephen Wilson breaking through the championship because with the way the series is right now, you need to be good not just on ovals, but the road courses. Guess what? He was good on both. And that's been the major case for his sake. But I was thinking about that myself when it comes to the driver of the year. Because that almost seems to be a very difficult one with how a lot of the drivers have raced in the past year. Kind of was tempted to say drivers like Max Verstappen, but that would have been too easy fruit because, well, yeah. To say the very least, and also because, well, yeah, in terms of the sim racing side for him, but, huh. I'm actually having a hard time being able to fully phrase this because there's been so many good performances as of late, to say the very least, Taylor. It, they really have a lot of drivers, but we'll, we'll leave it up to our listeners. Who do you think was the driver of the year? Who do you th what do you think was the car of the year? We want to hear from you. Make sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms and or send us a message and tell us who you think was the best content, the best driver, the best team of the year. And we look forward to hearing from you as we go into 2024. We can't thank Speed Sport enough for continuing another great year with the iRacers download. Our amazing producer, Richard Colbreth, once again, putting on some great stuff. And to all of our guests that we've had in 2023, uh, Justin, any final thoughts going in to 2024 as we close out another great year of sim racing? When it comes to the final thoughts this year, especially seemed to be a very busy one, to say the very least. A lot of teams, for obvious reasons, showed improvement. A lot of others showed some regression. But when it comes to this year as a whole, it was an up-and-down year, I'll say the very least. I think it's almost the equilibrium type of year when it comes to sim racing as a whole. Because some series shut down, but others, in turn, start back up or get started with a lot of conversations when it comes to the future of sim racing still at hand. It's the matter of what direction do people take it in 2024? Do they elect to pull back and don't think it's going to go the way of many of the big esports, or do they go all in and try and push it into the top tier of esports? That's, I think, my major thought process of, in terms of the platform as a whole, in terms of sim racing as a whole, next year is going to be the turning point, to say the very least. To see, can it be sustained, what we had built up from 2020 to now? Or 
Will we see some changes? That's going to be the big question, Taylor. It really is. And with that, we will say thank you to our listeners. And for that, this has been the conclusion of another season here of the iRacers download for Anthony Alfredo, for Justin Prince, for our producer Richard Colbra, for the entire Speed Sports family, and to you, the listener. We will see you in 2024 and see you on the track. <laughs>